Ladies and gentlemen, the following contest is scheduled for your listening pleasure. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Turnbuckle Topics Podcast. I'm your host, Pat Deneen, and this is my review of Impact Wrestling, which took place September 28, 2023. We're just three weeks away, guys. We are three weeks away from the biggest pay-per-view all year for Impact Wrestling, that being Bound for Glory, taking place October 21st in Chicago, Illinois. We got all kinds of news and details that emerged throughout the course of this episode, so if you missed it, I'm going to catch you up on all of that and more. And uh, without further ado, let's get right into this. So it started off with an X Division Championship match on Thursday night. We saw the winner from last week's Ultimate X match at Impact 1000, Alan Angels, going up against the 10-time champion, that being Chris Sabin, 10-time X Division champion. He's won that title twice in 2023. Uh, Again, the second time being two weeks ago, up against Leo Rush. Good opening bout. Match ends with Sabin hitting Angels with a missile dropkick, powerbomb, gets the 1-2-3, and still, X Division champion Chris Sabin. Now, look, nothing against Alan Angels. I think he's fantastic. But look, Chris Sabin, again, he just won this title two weeks ago. There was no way in hell they were letting this guy lose this championship already. He was on the very first episode of TNA many moons ago. Here he made it to episode 1000, where he won gold, uh, becoming a 10 time X Division champion. There's just no way. Now, I'm not saying that Chris Sabin's going to hold this title throughout the duration of 2023, uh, but I am saying that he's going to hold this title at least. Uh, for three more weeks going into Bound for Glory in Chicago. Again, uh, their biggest pay-per-view of the year. So that was pretty good. But what was even more interesting was post-match, we got a video package uh, up on the screen there. It played, and we see Bullet Club's Kenta, followed by a graphic saying that he'll be returning at Impact, Bound for Glory, on October 21st, again, in Chicago, Illinois. Now, the funny thing about this is the last year or two, it was rumored that CM Punk wanted a match with Kenta. Uh, right at Forbidden Door, whether it was going to be 2022 or when he had just returned uh, this past June, where we saw the debut of AEW Collision, which was pretty much CM Punk's show on Saturday nights. We were hoping, hey, maybe he'll be back just in time for uh, Forbidden Door, which he technically was back in time for Forbidden Door, and we were hoping that it maybe would be up against the Kenta. However, I guess Kenta was not interested and uh, declined it, maybe. Um, So here we are. Ironically enough, Kenta is returning to Impact, on the 21st, in CM Punk's hometown of Chicago, Illinois. And what if, right? What if uh, CM Punk shows up at the taping, or at the pay-per-view, rather, for Impact? Hey, it wouldn't be the first time CM Punk made his face around Impact Wrestling. He was just there this past spring, early summer, before he made his official return to AEW. I remember he took uh, a few pictures with the men and women of that locker room. I remember specifically uh, Jordan Grace posted a picture with CM Punk. Uh, so we'll see. That could be really interesting and, and intriguing if those two uh, were to cross paths, scripted or not. But very interesting to note that Kenta will be making an appearance at Impact. And a little later on in the show, we will get a confirmed match that, in fact, Kenta will be uh, wrestling on that show, which is really cool. Now, Bully Ray, also Bubba Ray Dudley, made it known recently that he would welcome CM Punk with open arms to Impact Wrestling. Of course, he's been a vital part of that company throughout its you know duration. And present day, he's still wrestling there, believe it or not. I'm sure he has some pull backstage, being he's close with Tommy Dreamer, and Dreamer's an integral part of the Impact Wrestling operation as well. I'm sure, you know, speaking to Scott Demore, they would have no problem if CM Punk uh, showed any interest of signing with that company, whether it was one year, two years, three years, who knows. Um, I'm sure they would give him the opportunity and the stage. 
That would be huge for Impact Wrestling. Ratings would boost immediately. You say what you want about CM Punk, the person, the individual. Everybody has their you know two cents about him, and I get it. Uh, but that would be a, a huge pickup, uh, even if it's a one-off, just so we could see maybe at a future New Japan Impact Multiverse United show. I know the third one's coming up. I don't know if it's going to be before year's end, probably early next year, 2024. I'd love to see Kenta coming over from Japan and CM Punk representing Impact and clashing. You know, of course, we thought we were going to get it in the Forbidden Door version, right? CM Punk being part of AEW, Kenta, again, still New Japan. Uh, didn't happen on that big stage, unfortunately, in Chicago in 2022 or in uh, Toronto for 2023's Forbidden Door. But I would totally be on board for it. I think a lot of, a lot of people really would as well. Two very talented uh, individuals. So let's hop into this second match here. We have Rhino going up against Jack Price. I'll be honest, I don't know a damn thing about Jack Price, uh, but it was over before it started. Rhino dropped Price spine first on the apron before hitting him with a clothesline. Rhino then chops and clotheslines Price again. Corner spear connects. Rhino hits the gore for the victory. Now, post-match, Steve Macklin got a little revenge after these last couple weeks. Uh, Rhino got the best of Steve Macklin, even costing him his Feast or Fire briefcase on night one of Impact 1000. So the way this went is Steve Macklin got in the ring, attacked Rhino in the corner, uh, getting some revenge, and like I said, and Rhino fired back, though. You know, Rhino's no punk. You can't keep him down. Macklin, however, escaped before getting hit with a, another gore for the third consecutive week. So at least Macklin got out of dodge. Now, all signs lead to these two having a match in three weeks' time at Bound for Glory, so I'm sure that will be booked uh, in the very near future. Next segment, we have Tasha Steeles backstage uh, cutting a promo. She goes on to say that she is back and back to take over the knockouts, dot, dot, dot. I'm assuming she was going to say division. That was until Deanna Perrazzo showed up. She officially welcomed Tasha Steeles back to Impact. Now, those two were on the same team last week, part of that uh, five-on-five women's main event. That was fantastic. Unfortunately, they were on the losing side of things. Uh, but Perrazzo goes on to say, look, if you have my back, I have yours. Now, it looks like these two will not only be allies for one another, but likely will be contenders uh, in the very near future for those knockouts tag team titles. Both of them former tag team champions in their own right, uh, not together, but it looks like that's where it's headed eventually. Now, the thing that's great is not only do I love these two women, but uh, both of them actually trained together with Damian Adams. He's a professional wrestler and well-known coach in New Jersey. Um, he hails from Hackettstown, New Jersey, to be specific, and that's actually the same place that Deanna Perrazzo is also from as well. Now, after the show on Twitter, I believe it was, Tasha Steeles had uh, retweeted a picture in regards to uh, him being their coach, and uh, she tweeted out hashtag Team Adams. So, um, hey, maybe that's their that'll be their tag team name. But in all sincerity, I think it's fantastic seeing these two pair up. I, I love both of them. I've been following them for years, uh, even prior to Impact Wrestling. And as a matter of fact, we got a graphic uh, during this show that we're going to be seeing Tasha Steeles in action next week, going one on one with one half of the current Knockout Tag Team uh, Champions, that being Killer Kelly. Now, one would assume, being that they're tag team champions, that Masha Slamovich will be in Killer Kelly's corner. And whether it is initially or at some point throughout the course of this match, you could expect Deanna Perrazzo uh, to fully have her back and be there for her uh, friend, training partner, and uh, potentially brand new tag team partner. So that's going to be very good. Again, this match unto itself, uh, without the caveat of Deanna Perrazzo being in the picture, was going to be great. But knowing that, you know, all signs are leading to these uh, four women eventually. Getting a match will be great, and look, Bound for Glory, again, three weeks' time. It looks like we'll be getting Tasha Steeles and Deanna Perrazzo uh, as the uh, number one contenders for these knockouts tag titles up against Masha 
and uh, Kelly. So that should be really, really great. Now we have Alicia Edwards and Eddie Edwards backstage saying that this is not how this is going to end. At Impact 1000, Tracy Brooks pinned Alicia, and Eddie let it be known that Frankie Kazarian did not pin him, however. Eddie says, this is not over. Then uh, enter Frankie Kazarian. He walks into the frame and says, you're right. It's not over. If it were up to me, I'd do this right here, right now. You want nothing more than to beat me in that ring. Frankie said, hey, look, I want to put an end to this. So I'm going to go to Impact Management and make sure we find a way to settle this. Kaz goes on to say, because this is over. Edward says, you're damn right. We're going to end it. So these two, again, looks like all signs are pointing. Uh, throughout the course of this episode, as you could already see from this review, they're really molding a lot of matchups and conclusions to feuds as well. So I think we'll see the conclusion to Steve Macklin and Rhino. I think we'll see the conclusion to Eddie Edwards and Frankie Kazarian that's been going on for months. So it looks like we'll be getting that match at Bound for Glory as well. Now before I jump into this next bit here, in regards to Tracy Brooks, uh, we got some breaking news throughout the course of this show. Now I said on last week's episode that Mike Tanay and the late Don West will be inducted into the Impact Hall of Fame on October 21st. Now they're going to do this uh, during the countdown to Bound for Glory uh, in Chicago, of course. And Scott Demore will induct uh, Mike Tanay and Don West while uh, Gail Kim will be inducting Tracy Brooks into the Impact Hall of Fame as well. So congratulations uh, to Tracy Brooks as well being announced for that Hall of Fame class. That's fantastic news for her. So Joe Hendry and Yuya Yumayura a.k.a. Joya. They've been together the last five or six weeks on Impact Wrestling. They've been very entertaining. I mean, Joe Hendry's entertaining unto himself, but the uh, the addition of Yuya has been great as well. So, Joya, they make their way out. Hendry gets on the mic and says he's not thrilled about what he has to talk about. At Feast or Fired last week, Yuya received a pink slip. Joya is no more, and Yuya is fired. He says, however, looking at the glass half full here, sometimes we have to be thankful for the times we do have. He has absolutely no regrets about teaming with Yuya and says, thank you, Yuya. Yuya gets the microphone. He thanks the fans. He's then immediately interrupted by the Impact Tag Team Champions, the Rascals, Trey Miguel, Zachary Wentz. Trey says it's good that they didn't get the tag title opportunity because if they did, they would have tried and failed. Joe Hendry said, that's funny. You should know all about failure being the second and third best Rascal. As most of you already know, and for those that don't, uh, formerly known as Desmond Xavier, was the third member of that group. No specific order, as Hendry said. He said he clearly states him as uh, the number one guy, which it's hard to dispute when you look at his resume. So he's better known as Wesley. He's been in NXT the last three years. Wesley, a former two-time NXT tag team champion, along with Wentz, ironically. He was known as Nash Carter until they, they fired him earlier this year due to some controversy. And... Wesley, as of recent, became the longest reigning NXT North American champion as well. And um, now this group, the Rascals, they formed in Impact Wrestling back in early 2018, I believe. And uh, so Trey went on to tell Henry, he said, look, he says, you have a big mouth for somebody who's going to be all alone in just one week's time. Henry said, it's true. I will be alone in one week's time, but not tonight. Immediately following that, a scuffle breaks out between the two teams. Then we get the director of authority, Santino Morella. He made his way out. Love me some Santino. He says the two teams will have a match tonight. Now, look, it's a non-title match uh, because they did not successfully get that, uh, you know, title opportunity last week in the Feast or Fire briefcase. That went to ABC, Bullet Clubs, Ace Austin, and Chris Bay. So rightfully understood why Santino said there's, this is a, a non-title opportunity, especially with Yuya uh, with one foot out the door already after this episode concluded. He says, however, 
if Joya is able to win, Yuya gets to keep his job. Now, Tom Hannafan on commentary reminded us that nobody uh, in the history of this feast or fired business uh, who received their fired slip uh, had ever been given a second chance opportunity. So this, that I, I was unaware of that. So this led me to believe, wow, uh, maybe they'll get it done. Maybe they'll keep him around or maybe gave him a bit of a contract extension and so on. But um, hey, first time for everything, right? So this match began high energy battle. Yuya's employment on the line here. Hendry all fired up. So a couple close near falls for both teams throughout. Now, while the referee was distracted by Hendry and Wentz on the outside, Trey Miguel kneed Yuya in the groin, took out a can of spray paint he got from the outside just moments earlier. He took that from his pants, sprayed Yuya in the face with the spray paint, rolls him up, gets the victory. Yuya's gone. Again, this was non-title, so and still, I can't even say that. They were going to be the tag team champions regardless still, the Rascals. And I find it funny with this whole spray paint business the last several months. If you watch AEW television, the outcasts, right? The outcasts, Soraya, Ruby Soho, and Tony Storm, who, who used to be in that group. It seems like they do the same thing. They, they got this green spray paint. I don't know what it is. Maybe they got a, a deal at Costco or something buying them in bulk. But they they both share this, this same green uh, spray paint. And look, maybe if it's uh, you know a little homage to D-Generation X, I'm here for it, that because they both wear ring gear very similar to both uh, factions, the black and green, that lime green or so uh, colors. So, hey, look, I'm all for I'm all for representing DX if that's uh, what the underlying reason is for all of this. But they got the victory. And before I go to this next segment, some real-life news um, that Trey Miguel tweeted out. I believe it was the night before uh, this episode of Impact had come out. And he wrote, I was involved in a hit-and-run tonight that sent my fiancé and I into a pole on the Florida Turnpike. The Ford F-150 hit a car that hit us and sent us spiraling into a pole before fleeing. No reports from witnesses have been made. Such good people we live amongst. Ten cars, zero eyes. So obviously visibly frustrated by the whole situation. I'm just glad that Trey Miguel and his fiancée are okay. That sounds like it could have been a hell of a lot worse. And I'm assuming this episode of Impact that we just watched and I'm reviewing, they tend to do, um, you know, tapings in advance, right? They're not, they typically don't run their Impact TV shows live. I highly doubt Trey Miguel would be in this kind of a significant car crash and then be ready to wrestle in less than 24 hours time. So a speedy recovery to him and his fiance. Again, sorry to hear about that. Hopefully they find whoever did this. And uh, that very unfortunate news really is. So we go backstage. We have Diener and Khan from The Design. They cut a promo on former members of The Design, uh, Eric Young and Sammy Callahan. And Diener claims that they they will rebuild on Khan's shoulders. Khan will face the walking weapon, Josh Alexander. I believe that match takes place next week. I don't I don't believe that was booked for uh, Bound for Glory. So I think we'll be seeing that next week as well. We have a Memphis street fight. We have former digital media champion. Uh, Kenny King and his uh, his accomplice, Sheldon Jean, go on two-on-two against Heath and the current digital media champion who dethroned him on night one of Impact 1000, Tommy Dreamer. Now look, Tommy Dreamer, he took a blockbuster from Kenny King while his legs were stuck in the rungs of a ladder. That looked brutal, especially Dreamer doing this at his age. What is he, in his mid-50s or so? I mean, this looks, uh, this looks brutal even if you're in your early 20s, whatever age you are, to be taking a spot like this. I give Tommy Dreamer all the credit in the world, man. He truly is a uh, hardcore, the innovator of violence, right? So this street fight was um, all that and some. Kenny King and Heath 
took their business backstage later on in the match, uh, maybe to the streets of Memphis, like the title of the match was called. Dreamer hit Sheldon Jean with a Dreamer driver through a table in the corner of the ring to secure the victory. In the post-match, we saw Crazy Steve. He's one crazy bastard, that's for sure. The rightful owner of the Digital Media Championship opportunity uh, that he received last week in his briefcase, I believe it was case number four, Feaster fired, uh, he attacked uh, Dreamer. And with the actual briefcase, then he tells Dreamer, inside this briefcase is my beginning, and for you, it is the end. So look, maybe we'll be getting this match taking place as well. At Bound for Glory, Tommy Dreamer defending his digital media championship against Crazy Steve. I mean, if it's anything like the other matches and other segments I just discussed throughout this review, it seems like all signs point to uh, yet again another match being booked uh, for this their biggest pay-per-view of the year, Bound for Glory. So I'm here for it. Why not You know, save that match for another couple weeks from now? Uh, title on the line. And it's not that Tommy Dreamer needs the opportunity. He's been doing this forever, but I think it's a great opportunity, uh, win-lose draw for Crazy Steve to get on their most important pay-per-view of the year in title contention. He's been with the company for years, and I think it's much deserved. You know, he's been in that tag team uh, sense with Decay, right? Uh, whether it was with Abyss many years ago, or even Black Taurus as of recent with Rosemary and so on. So uh, good for Crazy Steve. Again, he is nuts. So next up here, we have Jonathan Gresham. Versus Speedball Mike Bailey. Very good match. Now, this was a uh, opportunity that Speedball Mike Bailey presented to Jonathan Gresham uh, the week prior on Impact, in which Gresham agreed to this match. Um, they've been on, you know, they pretty much had a good uh, alliance, a good understanding. They're friends uh, for quite some time in Impact. And uh, Speedball Mike Bailey said, hey, why not get Gresham back in the thick of things? Great match. Even got a Fight Forever chant throughout. Fast forward towards the ending here. Gresham had Bailey in a Boston Crab. Bailey broke the hold, uh, getting to the bottom rope. Just a few minutes later, on Gresham's third consecutive attempt to pin Mike Bailey, he grabbed the trunks, grabbed the trunks of speedball Mike Bailey to secure the, vic- uh, to secure the victory. The referee did not see it. Bailey was in disbelief. He's like, I gave you this opportunity last week to get back on the up and up and impact, and this is how you do me, foul play. Um, so he was pleading his case to the referee that Gresham cheated to win. Uh, the referee said, sorry, pal, you know, Match is called. We'll go back and check the tape later, basically. And so that was pretty much it. I guess this is Jonathan Gresham officially turning heel uh, one way or another. And I am 1,000% okay with that. I prefer Jonathan Gresham as a heel. I think that is the best Jonathan Gresham we could get. Um, And the nice guy role was a little dated. You know, him being with Impact the last, what's it been, year or so ever since leaving uh, Ring of Honor. And I can't wait to see what happens with Gresham going forward. Uh, whether gold's on the line or not, I want to see him in some notable feuds. Of course, him and Mike Bailey, uh, they could fight throughout the next couple of weeks. Again, much like I, I discussed this whole show, another match that could take place at Bound for Glory. So we'll see. But I am I am totally okay with the uh, heel turn of Jonathan Gresham. It was subtle, and he didn't make a fuss. He got the job done. He kind of stood there post-match like, yeah, and what? I did it. Got the win. It's in the history books. And so I moved forward and... And uh, and proceed. So now we head backstage. We have Steve Macklin asking Bully Ray, where the hell have you been? Now, these two have had an understanding, I want to say since May, around Under Siege or so. And he said, I need your help with Rhino, just like I helped you with PCO. Bully says, I've known the guy for 25 years. I'll talk to Rhino for you. Macklin appalled at the response. He says, talk? What do you mean you're going to talk to him? 
Are you feeling nostalgic because Devon is back? You know, they returned uh, 3D, you know, also the Dudley Boys, but 3D and Impact. Uh, you know, you guys returned as a tag team at Impact 1000 Night 1, and, you know, you're feeling like a good guy again, or, you know, you're trying to, you know, what's this softness, basically, Macklin was saying. So um, Macklin says, Bully has gone soft, and I guess their alliance is over. So I don't know what that means for the two of them. Maybe that was just a clear-cut way of telling us that they are no longer on the up and up. In my opinion, Bully Ray, Bubba Ray, whatever you want to call him, he's never a baby face, right? Even when he's a good guy, he's still a tweener. So I'm not saying that Bully Ray is going full-blown baby face, but maybe he's taking a break from the vicious heel that he's been since returning to Impact earlier this year. And maybe now he's just going to you know, play a more relaxed, subtle role, you know, being... Uh, maybe feeling nostalgic, being that Devon was back and such. So we'll see what happens with that. So now we have the quintessential diva, Giselle Shaw with Savannah Evans and Jay Vidal. As always, they're always by her side, right? Going up against the Impact Knockouts champion, Trinity. Now this is a non-title matchup. If you guys remember, Trinity defeated Giselle Shaw at Under Siege in May 2023. As a matter of fact, not only did she defeat Giselle by submission uh, in a match that went a little over 10 minutes using her Starstruck, I believe it's called, maneuver, uh, this was also Trinity's first pay-per-view match. I think she only had one or two matches under her belt uh, on regular Impact programming before going up against Giselle Shaw. I know she went up against Kylan King in her debut match and possibly one other um, person. But anyway, uh, this was a very good match. Um, for the longest time, Giselle nor Trinity could put one another away. There was numerous close calls. Eventually, Trinity made Giselle tap to her starstruck submission. Post-match, Jay Vidal and Savannah Evans get in the ring, attack Trinity, basically pretty much have a three-on-one going on here. That was until Hardcore Country, Mickey James showed up, made her way out for the save, helping Trinity take everyone out. So Mickey gets on the microphone. She says, you don't have to thank me, Trin. That's what friends do. And I can't tell you how honored I was to stand next to you last week for that historic Knockouts main event at Impact 1000, which they won, by the way, even better, right? She goes on to tell Trinity that she will always have her back. Mickey proceeds to say, Trinity didn't just win that Knockouts Championship, she earned it. She goes on to say, she stood by her side many a time, but there's one place she never stood from Trinity, and that's across the ring from her. This is when things get really good. So Mickey says, she never lost that championship, which is accurate. She relinquished her title due to a broken rib earlier in the year. Deanna Peraza won the title by beating Jordan Grace at Impact Rebellion. So she's got a case here. She has a rematch clause that she can invoke whenever she wants and uh, any time, any place. So Mickey proceeds to say, at Bound for Glory in three weeks, uh, I want to challenge you, Trin, for that Knockouts Championship. And um, and so it's official. We have Mickey James going up against the Knockouts Champion Trinity at Bound for Glory. And I'm super excited about it. Uh, it's unfortunate these two never had a storyline or some kind of program they worked in WWE. I, I would have loved to see uh, a heel Mickey James go up against Trinity a babyface trend, which she usually was in WWE with the exception of uh, 2015, right? Or a little 2016 when she was part of Team Bad with Sasha Banks and Tamina. This should be good. Uh, this should be very good, even though they're both babyface right now in Impact. Uh, who knows? So I'm here for it. That match was made official. And one other match that was made official, as I spoke about earlier in the show, uh, we saw that video package of Kenta, right? Uh, immediately following uh, Chris Sabin's victory over Allen Angels for that X Division Championship. So we had some breaking news here. Chris Saban will be defending his X Division Championship against Kenta, also at Bound for Glory on the 21st. So those are two great matches that were made official for Impact Bound for Glory. 
and many others we saw foreshadowing for uh, that they're about to put a bow on in the coming week or two for Bound for Glory that we saw uh, throughout the duration of this show. A quality show. Um, it's hard to, to top the last two weeks prior to that where we saw Impact 1000 Night 1 and Night 2 with all the, the nostalgia going on and just all the great wrestling we got to see. But uh, they followed up pretty good. Again, three weeks' time, uh, Bound for Glory, and I'm here for it. So that pretty much concludes my coverage here for the Impact Wrestling review of September 28th. Looking forward to the next few weeks of build heading into their biggest pay-per-view of the year, Bound for Glory. And I can't wait to see more matchups take place and more matchups, uh, you know, be made official, rather. Want to see uh, Killer Kelly and Masha Slamovich go up against Tasha Steele, Deanna Perrazzo, Steve Macklin, and Rhino. So plenty to look forward to, and uh, I can't wait to go over it. So I want to thank you guys, as always, for tuning in to the Turnbuckle Topics podcast. I'm your host, Pat Deneen, and I'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening. Got a question for Pat? Send him an email at turnbuckletopics at gmail.com. That's turnbuckle, T-O-P-I-X, at gmail.com. Find him on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Turnbuckle Topics. Thanks for listening to the Turnbuckle Topics podcast. Be sure to subscribe. If you like the show, help others find out about it. Leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us next time for another episode of Turnbuckle Topics. See you then.